Welcome to the King's Chapel Alaska podcast. From wherever you are listening, we are so excited that you tuned in today. Let's prepare our hearts to hear from God's Word. Daniel chapter 10. God wants to do a new thing. I want you to say that. God wants to do a new thing. Isaiah chapter 43. I'll read it to you. Go to Daniel 10. Isaiah 43, 10 through 18. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. I want to give a shout out to Bristol Bay and those in Dillingham. I want to shout out to those in Montana. What's up? God bless you, all you people from Montana. We love you and look forward to meeting you. Just so thankful for what God's doing through Roku and through YouTube and through Facebook Live and through the web stream and through the podcast and all the other modes that we're reaching out to the world. We've got pastors on from Kenya. We have people on from all over the world. We're, come on, we're going to change the world from Wasilla. Come on, can you say amen? amen. Come on, can you say a better amen? amen. Our annual 21-day fast is upon us. And when I first came into the church... Uh, with my mother and then soon after Karen, who then became my wife, we, we learned about fasting and prayer. I never really heard about it before that too much. I heard about it in terms of like health fasting. And, you know, I think I fasted for a few days before I became a vegan for about two days before I went back to eating meat. And then, you know, I mean, I heard about fasting in terms of like diet, but not in terms of like a uh, fasting unto the Lord. I didn't know anything about that. And, and honestly, the most people in Christendom have not been taught, especially in the Western church, I'd say. And the only reason I know that is I run into people and we talk, oh, you know, what's the Lord doing? And, you know, you run into people that, that are talking and in, the, in conversation of trials and difficulties, a lot of people don't know that in their arsenal is this incredible gift of fasting and prayer. They always go together, fasting and prayer. And uh, I shared the story just recently. I was, uh, had someone working in my house. This is probably eight years ago. And um, Christian man, man of God, loved the Lord. And the enemy had struck his house. And he was in the midst of just about getting divorced. And there are biblical reasons for divorce. This didn't seem to have that. It just seemed to be the enemy trying to stir up strife, ir irreconcilable differences. And so as he shared with me all the counsel and, and the wisdom that he had received from counselors and, and uh, men of God, women of God, and on and on and on, it was all very sound counseling, and he had followed it all to the best of his ability. And at the end, he's still facing the same problem, and he doesn't have any breakthrough. And he said, so you're a pastor? I said, yes. He said, well, what would you tell me to do? I said, there's only one thing to do now. And really, you could have added it before. But I'll tell you, whenever I face something that mocks me and, and, and I don't see the God's word coming about and, and, and there's no change, then I pull out the big guns. He said, the big guns? I said, the big guns. It's time to fast and pray. And he says to me, huh, I heard of that before. So, so there's somebody serving God for, for 20, 30 years who's never fasted. Now, if you've never fasted before, I'm inviting you to be a part of our corporate fast. 21 days of prayer and fasting starts tomorrow. <laughs> Nearly every year we have the Last Supper, which I'm going to have tonight. The Last Supper used to be years ago when I had a little bit of a stronger flesh. I've, I'd, like to, I'd like to think that I've gotten a greater control of it. But years ago, I mean, the night before the fast, when we just go to, you know, McDonald's and like one of each. Amen. <laughs> Off the dollar menu. Amen. I'll have everything. And just sample everything and just go home bloated and then start the fast the next day. 
sick and like with a fever detoxing for like three days after you poisoned yourself from what they call meat. There are things that you can do to precipitate a breakthrough in your life. There's a way in which you can see a breakthrough in the spirit and in your personal life. There's a way in which you can experience breakthrough corporately that is not available if you don't do these certain things. He said, seriously? Yes. And I'm going to take you on a journey in the Old Testament and then into the New, and I'm going to show you how to have a breakthrough in 2020. You don't have to, listen, don't ever tolerate what Jesus died on a cross and rose again from the grave for. Don't ever tolerate a promise of God that doesn't come to fruition. You stand on God's word and having done all else to stand, you continue to stand and you will see the deliverance of God. But you've got to do it God's way. And there's this wonderful gift. It doesn't feel so wonderful at first. Called prayer and fasting. Fasting, an overview from Scripture. I'll give you a definition. Restricting oneself from food or drink and giving oneself to prayer. In the Old Testament, I'm writing your notes now. In the Old Testament, fasting was a sign of mourning, repentance, and an aspect of prayer. Fasting and prayer, they always go together. It wasn't just fasting. It was fasting and prayer. And they always go together. They, they would fast on, in fact, the Day of Atonement, was called the fast. There's a day, one day, David Atonement, where the high priest would go into the holy place and sprinkle blood on the mercy seat in a very prescribed way. And that day, the day of atonement, is called the fast. Now, that was fulfilled in Christ. How many of you know he came, Hebrews 9, Hebrews 10. He was the, the Lamb of God who sprinkled his blood on the original mercy seat of heaven. Can you say hallelujah that we don't have to have a slaughterhouse to have our sins atoned for anymore because sin coming through the one Adam left through the last Adam and we are redeemed because of the blood of Jesus. Can you say hallelujah today? Hallelujah. Yeah, hallelujah. But that day of atonement fulfilled in Christ was also called the fast. They would fast. Israel would fast on national emergencies. They would fast whenever they needed breakthrough. Whenever they needed God to come through, they would fast and pray. And the truth is that in the United States of America, there was days of prayer and fasting whenever our nation would be. I think it's time for America to fast and pray. My God, who knows what will happen with the Prince of Persia. Now listen, the Prince of Persia is still in operation. That's what's happening in Iran right now. That's exactly what's happening. I'm going to tie that into Man, I feel the Holy Spirit today. Got to go to Daniel chapter 10. Go to Daniel 10. I'm going to prove it to you. Because there's powers and principalities. There are territorial spirits that want to come and wreak havoc all over the world to actually to pervert the things of God and to bring destruction on God's people, Israel. And it's very important to understand the hour in which you live. Can you say amen? Stand up on your feet, please. Take your Bible. If you're able to stand up, stand up. If you can't, I understand. We stand in honor of God's word. Daniel chapter 10, and I want you to find verse 2, and then we'll go to Daniel 12 through 14. Are you ready? New King James Version this, this morning. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. I ate no pleasant food, no meat nor wine came to my mouth. Nor did I anoint myself at all till three works, weeks were fulfilled. Go to verse 12. And 
And there's this angel talking to Daniel. Then, then he said to me, do not fear, Daniel. From the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard. And I have come because of your word. So here's an angel telling him, the very first day you decided to pray and fast, your words were heard. And I've come, an angel came to him because of his words. Right? Because your words were heard. I've come because of your words, verse 13. But, everybody say but. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. And behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me. For I had been left alone there with the king of Persia. Now I've come to make you understand what will happen to the people in latter days, for the vision refers to many days yet to come. Let's pray. Father, move in power in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I'm prayed up already. I hope you are too. So here we are, the annual 21-day fast, and I... I invariably over all the years, 20 years now pastoring, which is just amazing to me. I blinked, I think, and now it's 20 years. I've, I've taught on this text to encourage God's people, to encourage myself, that there are things that we can do to facilitate breakthrough in the heavens and in the earth. And so Daniel here, the prophet Daniel, gets this message from an angel. Gets this message from an angel, and that message then is actually applicable now to the day that we're living in right now. The book of Daniel, the book of Revelation are so pertinent right now. And I understand that most people are biblically illiterate, but it doesn't have to stay that way. You can understand the day and the hour in which we live. And, and, and in fact, it's crucial for you to understand the day and the hour in which we live because if you understand the day and the hour in which we live, it'll cause you to live differently. It'll cause you to live sober-minded and even self-controlled. I believe if the, if the veil was pulled back and you could see the darkness that tries to hinder Israel, the darkness that tries to hinder the United States from moving forward in God, the darkness that tries to hinder you, your family, your, your sons, your daughters, our church, the church in general, if you could see that, you'd have no problem having a committed time to fast and pray. Wow. Amazing. So fasting is a sign of mourning, repentance, and prayer. The Day of Atonement, National Emergencies. The New Testament talks about fasting, and then we're going to break this text down here. New Testament in Acts 27, they're shipwrecked. I thought about this this morning. I've taught this for years, but I don't think I've ever said this before. You, you can look on scriptures for fasting in the New Testament, and, and so it'll come up here, Acts 27. Now, to Acts 27, they're in a nor'easter on a, strip, a, 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 a boat called Andromeda, and the apostle Paul is there, and they're in the middle of a massive storm. And so commentators say that they were fasting because there in Acts 27, it said he told them, okay, take some food now. Has anybody ever been in a storm on a boat? Okay, yeah. 
It might not be like you're like, decide, oh, Lord, I think the Lord wants me to fast. Buddy, you're crawling along the walls, and you're like, you're not going to eat. You're not going to eat anything because you, you just want to hurl at every moment. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Even when you do get your sea legs, and you, you still don't feel really like having a big steak and some mashed potatoes unless, like, you're really salty and you're really a sea dog, then maybe you are. I did that, Bering Sea, in the early 90s, 1991. Bering Sea, 30 and 40 foot swells on a long lining vessel out of Seattle. And I crawled along walls for a whole week. A whole week. And if you didn't work, you didn't get your percentage. So I was going to work. It was like a prison boat from hell. And I remember everything was, it was horrible. I got, got in some knife fight, except I didn't have a knife, so that wasn't good. Yeah, what, what, they didn't even know my name. I was Greenhorn. Hey, Greenhorn, they sent me out to kill me with an axe handle on top of a frozen vessel. It's my first trip to Alaska. Welcome to Alaska. Hallelujah. I pleaded with God. I remember coming into the bunk, into, into my bunk place. There's four guys. You had to tie yourself in the bunk during the storm. We had some weeks that were, they weren't really rough, but it was, wasn't good. We started getting into this storm. You couldn't fish. And I remember coming in. The guy had just been released from prison. He was the cookie. He was the, he was the chef, cook guy. I remember coming in, he's reading the book of Job, and I hadn't really read much of the Bible at all. I didn't know Jesus. And here's this guy rocking back and forth. It's not as bad as Job. It's not as bad as Job. It's not as bad as, I mean, God is my witness. He's rocking back and forth, and that's like his, his mantra before the Lord. It's not as bad as Job. And I finally said, dude, it was like really irritating me. He said, hey man, what is Job? He says, that's a guy that had it really bad in the Bible, and this is not as bad as him. Oh, God, oh, God. <laughs> so when it says that they're fasting in Acts 27, and the commentators say, I just don't think the commentators ever went to see. Anyway. It's a form of worship in Acts chapter 13. You can look there while they're worshiping the Lord and fasting. You'll see that, you see, fasting and prayer is one of the pillars of your walk with the Lord. It shouldn't just be something you do in January. It should be something you do throughout the year. Whenever you run into a, a challenge, it's just beyond your understanding where you need God to break through. If you need a breakthrough, fast and pray comes every time. I've never seen God, I'm going to say it this way, it sounds arrogant, but it's just God's word. My wife and I, my family, we have never, ever made a mistake when we fasted and prayed and did what, what the Lord told us to do. We've made lots of mistakes when we didn't fast and pray. We've never made a mistake when we fasted and prayed. Big decisions. Sometimes small decisions are bigger than you think. But when we fasted and prayed and we made decisions, we've never made a mistake. Major moves, choices, leadings, giving, guidance. God would speak to us when we fast and pray, and he'd come through and do everything he said that he'd do. Never made a mistake. I mean, that's crazy to think that God could speak to you when you fast and pray and you not make a mistake. And that's my testimony. In Acts 2, now think about Acts 2 for a moment. Acts 2, what's taking place in Acts 2? They're waiting for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all baptized and, and, in the Spirit and spoke with other tongues. Now, I, I'm, I'm telling you, they're fasting. I believe they're fasting. Because when it comes out, when Peter comes out, who was turned from a fire by a little girl, and rejected the Lord, when he comes out of this baptism of fire, I mean, homie had something different. 
A little girl ran him away from a fire and he rejected the Lord. Now he comes out preaching with his hair on fire and thousands of people got saved. How many of you know something is different about Peter? The baptism of the Holy Spirit. And when he comes out, what does he preach? Does anybody know what he preaches? He preaches what? He preaches the message from Joel 2. He says, this is that which is prophesied or spoken of the prophet Joel. And he prophesies Joel 2. I would encourage you to go look at Joel 2 and the context of Joel 2 because we are literally in the very same very same circumstances of Joel 2. There is agricultural problems. There are economic problems. And there are there is war and difficulty in Joel 2. And in Joel 2 and you could go read that later I'll probably end up preaching on it. In Joel 2, he says, rend your heart, not your garments. Call a sacred assembly. Call a holy fast and pray. And then he says in Joel 2, that famous scripture that lots of Pentecostals love to preach. And it'll come to pass afterward. Everybody say afterward. After what? After praying and fasting and repentance and rending your heart. It'll come to pass afterward. After what? After if you see what he tells them to do and then after that, Outpouring. A lot of people want the outpouring. A lot of people want revival. A lot of people want miracles. A lot of people want provision. But many people are not willing to rend their heart and not their garment. Many people are not willing to fast and pray and do their part. They just want God to come like a cosmic bellhop. Ding, ding. And then God comes and breathes. You face an enemy that is powerful, but you're more are with you than are against you. You can make it. You can overcome. But prayer and fast. Fasting is one of the ways that that happens. And it's a command. Matthew 9, and there's other scriptures, but Matthew 9, 15, and Jesus said to them, can the friends of the bridegroom mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them, and they will or they shall fast. It's, it's seen as a command in the language of Jesus, that it's a command to fast. It's also a wonderful recipe that if you're not as close with the bridegroom, he didn't move. So it's time to fast and pray and get close again. Peel back your humanity. Put away your strife. Quit, quit you know, buffeting your body. All right, let's look at this text. Daniel, the prophet Daniel, fasted 21 days. And that's what it means there in verse 2. Of Daniel chapter 10, I mourned three full weeks. So for 21 days mourning, it says that he ate no, no choice meat, no wine. It's called a Daniel fast. So he ate, King James, I think it says pulse. He, he ate vegetables. So he restricted himself from normal food so that he could pray. And so that he could have a breakthrough. And so in fasting and praying 21 days, he broke through the spiritual realm. The prince of Persia is... Uh, talked about by some commentators as some strong prince in that region. But that's totally unbiblical, especially when you see that an angel has now come. It's an angel that comes. Who comes? An angel. It's not just any angel. What's the angel's name? Michael comes. The archangel Michael. And the prince of Persia stops the archangel Michael. So Michael, in Hezekiah's day, how many of you ever heard of Hezekiah? How many of you ever read the third book of Hezekiah? You ever read that? Good, because it doesn't exist. Okay, just making sure. 
In Hezekiah's day, one angel killed 180,000 people. One. Have you ever prayed? And I have, but, but having, having grown a little bit of my biblical knowledge, I don't need a band of angels. One work. Just one. Just one. So it's not, it's not a person that withstood this angel. Go to Luke chapter 8. It's a territorial spirit. While you're going to Luke 8, I'm going to go to um, uh, Ephesians 6. It says we wrestle not, not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. See, I believe that the angel, this angel faced a prince of Persia, a principality. It's over the area of Persia. And I really honestly believe the same. What we're up against right now, as we've united in, in accord with Israel and the moving of our, uh, our embassy to Jerusalem and the way that our president has backed Israel and really this rising fire of revival in America, I really believe there's a rising tide of revival. I really believe that. And I, and I believe because of that, there is just a stirring up of this prince of Persia. Moving through people. This is a great place to say amen. Luke 8. Let me show you something in Luke 8. Because there's territorial spirits. Luke 8 and verse 26 to 39. But if you would put verse 31 up there for me, please. So Jesus shows up to the region of Gadara. And a demoniac comes out. It's told in another verse, uh, another passage of the Gospels, that there's two men that are there. Misery loves company, that's, that we know for sure. And so, can you put up the new uh, international version? Is that easy to find? Okay. Because I don't like the way the New King James does it quite right. They beg Jesus repeatedly in order to, them not to go into the abyss. In one of the other Gospels, it says not to send them out of the territory is really the scripture I'm looking for. Not to send them out of the territory. Now, I love the fact, there's a lot of thing, number of things I love here. I love the fact that demons have to beg Jesus. I like that. I like that. The devil's got to beg. Uh-huh. He's got to beg Jesus. Oh, please, Jesus. Oh, that's right. You can beg some more if you want to. Your place is in the lake. If I begs Jesus repeatedly, please don't send us in it. Please don't send it. I mean, I'm like, totally terrified. I, I like that. Because a lot of Christians are totally terrified of the devil when, in fact, if you really have a revelation of who you are in Christ, then you won't walk in a place of fear and, oh, the devil. Yeah, amen. You don't have to worry about it. God's on the throne. The devil's been defeated. That's why I say that all the time. And so he begs Jesus, please, just send us into the pigs. And so the, the Lord's like, well... All right. And so they go, and those, that's the first mention of devil ham. Right there. How many ever ate Underwood devil ham? Well, this is the first time it was ever produced right there. And, and, then, and then the pigs run off, and they do what? What happens to the pigs? They drown. It's a picture of what the devil wants to do. He wants to come to steal, kill, and destroy. He kills all the pigs. But it's also a picture that the demonic doesn't want to let go of territory. Hmm. Spiritual warfare. The prince of Persia is a demonic entity, not a man. Right in your notes. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. There's a hierarchy of the demonic. And they, 
the devil is the most legalistic entity in the, in the earth, in the universe, the devil. And if he's given rights and he, he tries to move into those rights, he tries to move in and take possession, and, he, and he'll move down generational lines. See, see you, think, you think you can just do your sin on your phone when everybody's sleeping and you're, you're in the bathroom and you've got your phone and you're looking at that thing and your wife's asleep and your kid's asleep and you think nobody sees you. I got news flash for you, son. The devil sees you and you're opening up a portal to hell right into your house. Honey, you think you're doing that thing and nobody knows? Oh, no, God knows. God knows and the enemy knows. And when the enemy is allowed access like that, before you know it, you'll see your own kids doing the same thing. And you'll be like, how did that happen? Because the de- there is demon power. He tries to move down family lines. He tries to move in regions. And he's, he's certainly locked up Persia for quite a long time. I prophesy a revival in Persia. I prophesy a revival in Iran, an outpouring. And it's already taken place. We showed a movie not long ago that God's moving among the women there in an amazing way. And the, and the, and the mosques are empty. We're told you go to the mosque now. They're empty because they've seen the empty lies of the lie of Islam. And the people that have been murdered and killed and so on and so forth. But the, 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 the prince of Persia's at work right now. You pray. You pray that God would intervene in our nation. You pray that God would intervene this week. Even now we pray in the name of Jesus. Lord, we pray that you release your warring angels, Lord. We pray for protection over Israel. We pray protection over the United States. Satan tries to hinder the plans of God. I want you to go to 1 Thessalonians chapter uh, 2. While you're turning there, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 18. While you're turning there, there's always a fight over land. In Hawaii, it's called the Aina. There's always a fight for land. And for whatever reason, you try to get land and move things forward in the kingdom, there's always a fight over it. That's why some of, some of you don't realize the amazing miracle that we own, one of the most prominent people. I'm, I'm going to say, it might sound arrogant, but to me, it is the most prominent piece of real estate in all of Wasilla. Well, how is that? I mean, for a church. Because the center of the city is, was been, used to be churches. And, but the, now it's Costco's and banks, but not in Wasilla, not anymore. Why is that? Because we're building a church there. And we're not the only church, I understand. Praise God for the body of Christ. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. There was a war getting that place back. There was a war for that piece of land. And there's been a war to get our building done, but we will see it done in December 2020. Can you say amen? I said we'll see it finished in December 2020. Can you say amen? It will be December It will be done. We'll move in. This one will sell according to the plan of God unless the church explodes, continues to explode like it is. We'll keep this one and make it a school or something crazy. I don't know. It's amazing. Look at this. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 18. This is amazing. Therefore, we wanted to come to you. So here's the Apostle Paul writing to the church of Thessalonica or Thessaloniki. It's still there, same city. I'd happened to have been there long ago. And this letter is written to the church that's there, and he's saying, I want to come to you. Man, we wanted to come. Even I, Paul, again and again, we wanted to come visit you. But Satan hindered us. Now think about that for a second. Why would Satan hinder the Apostle Paul? 
Well, because he's carrying the gospel, because if he was to show up, maybe something great would happen. Maybe the kingdom would be expanded in such a way that it would have eternal consequences. No doubt that if the enemy could stop the apostle Paul, but how do you stop a guy full of vision? How do you stop somebody that can't be stopped? How do you stop somebody that's not afraid of even death? How do you stop? You can't stop somebody that's full of vision, full of passion, full of the anointing. You can't stop a church like this one. You can't stop it. God will open up doors and release a blessing. He'll move what needs to be moved and close what needs to be closed. You can't stop a people that'll fast and pray and believe God and not faint, not shrink back, continuing to move forward. You can't stop it. You can't. And so the apostle Paul's praying, I wanted to come, but, but Satan's hindered me. Now I think it'd be fair to say, fair conclusion to say that if the devil wanted to stop the apostle Paul, and in fact here the apostle Paul confesses that Satan stopped us. That it would be fair to say that he could stop you, that he could stop me, that he could stop us. He certainly would like to. What Daniel did in the physical realm affected the spiritual realm or the heavenlies and changed the course of history. You know, when we meet here on Sunday morning and Sunday night, this is not some little party cake party patty cake for Jesus. We just make ourselves feel good because, wow, the worship was anointed and then we just go home feeling better. We're actually absolutely enforcing the will of God, the plan of God, the kingdom of God. When we meet, we're the ecclesia. To understand what the ecclesia is, the Greek word for church. To understand what that means, it's the ecclesia is the called out body that would then vote and then that legislation in their voting would then become law to understand Ro Roman culture. So when Jesus says that we're the ecclesia, we're the church, that we're the called out of darkness into his marvelous light, a people gathered together, the nios of God, the dwelling place of God, the very temple of God, that God dwells not only on the inside of us, but when we gather together, when we pray and when we decree and when we proclaim, it releases judgment and blessing and power and fire and breakthrough. And when you fast and when you pray, you can change your family. I believe you can change your DNA. I believe you can change anything in your life if you'll fast and pray. I challenge you to be a part of it this 21 days of prayer and fasting. Daniel changed history. I believe that history is, as, as I could quote my, my dear friend, history belongs to the intercessors. If we would pray and believe God and take action, what Daniel did change the course of history. God can do the same thing in these 21 days. And there are things that will affect your life that have little to do with the natural. Understand, there are things that affect your life that have very little to do with what you ate for breakfast. There are things that will affect your life that have very little to do with natural consequences. But most of us have been educated in this Western world, and we think in terms of logic and, and it's good to have reason and to have logic, but you have to also understand the supernatural dimension of the power of the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness, and you're living in the midst of it. And that's not to be afraid, but to understand that you have power, to understand that you have authority, to understand that when you pray and you obey, that you'll see God's power released, and that when you fast and you submit to God and resist the devil, he will flee. And there is a very real enemy that wants to keep your loved ones from being born again. 
Dr. Yonggi Cho is a, 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 he's getting older now, and he's turned the church over to his son and others. Used to have the largest church in, uh, in the world, in South Korea. And Dr. Yonggi Cho said this. He said, I can go to Japan, preach the same message that I preach in Korea, and only one or two businessmen get saved. And yet, if I take that same group of of businessmen out of Japan and I move them to, I move them over to, thank you, over to South Korea, preach the same message. They all get saved. Why is that? Because there are principalities over Japan. Do you think that a, a nation less than 1%, do you think that's just because that's just natural? No, that's not natural. There's a stronghold. I mean, you think about the history of Japan. I mean, I don't mean to pick on Japan because every nation has issues. But in Japan, the emperor would go out, the special rite that the, that the emperor would have would go out to the rice paddy and spend the night out there in this specially prepared thing. You know why? To, to basically fornicate with the sun goddess. That's why. I mean, it's the same thing as the ziggurats. And you look at the Tower of Babel and you could go all the way back to, the, to Noah's pre, the pre-flood. There is, there is this desire of darkness and people trying to connect with it. That, that power is only broken by the blood and by people who declare, proclaim, and decree. I know I might have gone over into the deep end of the pool for you, but some of you are getting some help today. Through fasting, we can receive breakthrough. Daniel persevered in prayer. He received breakthrough. You can receive breakthrough. Now go to Daniel, pardon me, go to Isaiah. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost in here. <laughs> I'll be right back. Isaiah 58. Verse 3. So they say to the Lord, Why have we fasted, they say, and have not seen? Why have we afflicted our souls and you've not taken notice? So th th this, is, this is God's people saying to God, Hey, I fasted and I prayed and I didn't see anything happen. The Lord says, In fact, on the day of your fast, you find pleasure and exploit all your labors. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, 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 sorry. Verse 4, indeed you fast for strife and debate, and you strike with the fist of wickedness. You will not fast as you do this day and make your voice heard on high. So, so he says, they say to him, hey, we fasted and we prayed and nothing happened. And the Lord says, That's, you call that a fast? You, you call that a fast? The fist of wickedness? You're corrupt, you're doing all kinds of, and you think I'm going to hear your voice when you're filled with strife and bitterness and anger and envy? You think, actually, actually, is that what I really call it? Let me tell you what a fast is. And then he goes on to say, I think he might have said it a little bit differently. I just... <laughs> you find pleasure, strife, debate, verse 5. Oh, he says, you will not fast as you do this day and make your voice heard on high. Now, that verse 4b, you will not fast as you do this day. In other words, with strife, with bitter, with debate, with anger, to make your voice heard on high. And he's about to tell us something. 
He's about to say, you do that, your voice is not going to be heard on high. But let me just tell you how your voice is heard on high. And he goes on to say, verse 5, Is it a fast that I have chosen a day for a man to afflict his soul? Is it to bow down his head like a bulrush and spread out like sackcloth and ashes? Would you call that a fast, an acceptable day of the Lord? And he tells us, is this not the fast that I have chosen? Now watch this. Here's what fasting will do. Fasting and prayer. To loose the bonds of wickedness. To undo the heavy burdens. To let the oppressed go free. And that you break every yoke. Is it not to share your bread with the hungry? And that you bring your, into your house to pour and the cast out. And when you see the naked that you cover him to hide yourself from your own flesh. Then. Everybody say then. So he's saying, if you fast rightly. Then your light will break forth like the morning and your healing shall spring forth speedily and your righteousness shall go before you and the glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer and you shall cry and he will say, here am I. There's true fasting and false fasting. True fasting and false fasting. The truth is, if you're gonna restrict yourself from food and be a jerk, might as well eat. In fact, a good fast for some of you is, please, keep eating. I hope you eat healthfully. Fine, just keep eating. How about fasting all that negativity and strife you have in your house? You're constantly arguing, constantly displaying your anger, constantly trying to control people and manipulate people. How about fasting that? I'll be right back. Amen, Pastor. That's right. You know that's right. Oh, God help me. How about fasting that? How about fasting your bitterness? How about fasting unforgiveness? By all means, eat and then do re what real fasting is. Now, you mix the two, I think, is, is a good recipe for sure. And, and, you know, honestly, many times before I fasted, I didn't realize what a jerk I was until I started fasting. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. Come on. <laughs> True fasting, false fasting. False fasting is a show of religious pride. And I, I shared uh, in, in, in the day of Jesus, they would fast and just look all miserable walking around. Oh, oh, are you okay? Oh, I'm fasting. Oh, oh. When I first got saved and started fasting, and we started, I think, from the very first year that we heard about it, uh, I had some maturity to go through, and I'm still growing up. Anybody else still growing up? Yeah. All right, so, you know, I remember doing a 21-day liquid fast, cayenne, pepper, grade B maple syrup, uh, lemon juice, and I, and I was working a construction job. So... I'd work a construction job all day, hauling lumber and, and concrete and all that, and be on a full liquid fast. And I would, I'd carry this big jug with me. And when I would show up to the job, I would just be like, with my big jug, what, what's in the jug, Daniel? Oh, I'm fasting. What's that? You don't eat? You get too close to God. It's my fasting juice. Praise the Lord, let's get to work, you know. And then I would work until I start getting faint. And then, and then I would, no, really, I'd be like start spin out. And then I'd run to go get my jug. And then, you know, I'd, I'd put, it, put it over like some of you used to drink the Who Hitch. Put it, you know, put the, take a big hammer of that thing. And while everybody's looking at me, thank you. You know, and then it'd be at church. I know none of you have ever done anything like this. At church, you know, I was rolling with some young adults. We're in our 20s. And uh, it's the fast time, so everybody's like, hey, Bracken, what's up? What's up, man? You fasting? Oh, yeah, I'm fasting. You'd be like, what kind of fast are you doing, Bracken? Liquid. 
just liquid fast. How about you? They're like, oh, I'm doing vegetables. I'm like, that's all right, you know. God's going to help you. He's going to hear your prayer. That's false fasting. I wish I knew because I would have just been eating. It would have been much better. But there is a true fasting. And, and, uh, and we're starting a 29-day fast starting tomorrow. Ushers, would you go ahead and hand out that card to everybody, please? And I'm going to continue on along the notes. You can fast and have yolks broken off of you. How many of you yolk is? A yolk is a farming implement that's used for uh, beasts of burden to help to plow or to pull carts, so on and so forth. It's placed over the neck of an animal. How many of you know what a yolk is? So, so it's not talking about an egg yolk. Amen. It's talking about a yoke, a burden, a, a burden from the enemy. Now, how many of you know in life you can end up in a pattern of living that you're tolerating something that, that God doesn't want you to have anymore? Like that anger that you have, or that frustration, or that difficulty. You can have yokes uh, in your language, in your relationship with your wife, in the relationship with your husband, in the relationship with your kids. You can, have, you can be carrying things in your life that you don't even know you have them. Until you start to fast and pray, and then you suddenly realize, oh my gosh, I'm, I need help. And those things can be broken off. You can be changed. So not only in the 21-day fast, not only do you bring a change in the, in the heavenlies, but you bring a change in, in the, well, the heavenlies are three of them. First heaven is the earth. Second heaven is where the war is. Angels, demons, war. Third heaven is the throne. There ain't no war there. It's finished. So when you're fasting and praying here in the first heaven, it impacts the second heaven. And that's Ephesians 6. And uh, it's crucial to have a breakthrough. Come on, 2020 breakthrough. Can you say, I'm going to have a breakthrough in 20? You know, we can be deceived. We can be deceived. I, I used to be a lot heavier than I am now, although I'm moving there quickly, except it's all over. So... Hey Amen, I just, glory to God, I'm the last. Almost killed somebody trying to put my pants on this morning. <laughs> yes! Button break, take an eye out. Pastor Karen diving for the hills. But you know, talking about deception, we fast and pray, so I don't know if you ever noticed this. I have, being larger and then kind of being large right now. And I look at myself in the mirror. I mean, you know, pretty good. Till I turn sideways. We realize we're a lot bigger than we thought. When you fast and pray, <laughs> you'll, the Lord will show you areas that need changing. Yokes. True fasting. We can break off poverty. Right back into your notes now. We can break off poverty spirit by meeting people's needs. Don't ever let greed get a hold of you. Combat greed by being, by being generous. Be generous and on every occasion. Be generous towards the Lord. Be generous towards people. Live a lifestyle of generosity. Do, listen, look, look to bless somebody. Look, look to give into the building project, and, and we're going to have some pointed times of your faith being released, my faith being released in the weeks, months to come. We're going to build this thing. It'll be done December 2020. Can you say amen? Yeah. 
So there'll be moments where we'll be able to give and push our chips to the middle of the table, if I can say it that way. Moments of, of stepping out and breaking the alabaster box. And at the time of fasting and prayer, come on, look to, look to see what the Lord would do through you for the building project. Look to see what the Lord would do through you to help somebody. Come on, help somebody. Don't be a part of that selfie generation. And in doing that, it releases God's power. Poverty is not from God. Listen, we live in a great paradox, Christianity. Now, I've got, to, I've got to hurry and close, but I want to share some scripture with you. It's paradox. It's James 4.10. If we humble ourselves, then we will be exalted. That doesn't make sense, not in the world. You humble yourself before the Lord, He elevates you. That's a paradox. It says in Luke 9.24, whoever saves his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for me will save it. In Luke 6 and verse 38, Give, and it'll be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. I love that song. Every time I read that scripture, the song comes to mind, so I'll sing it for you. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Give, and it will be given to you. What's well, a good song, anyway? <laughs> it always moved my heart. It's true. That doesn't make any sense. You give and then you get blessed? Yeah, that's the par- a paradox of, of Christianity. In John 12 and 24, I tell you the truth, says Jesus, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. The man who loves his life will lose it, while the man who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal. How to have a breakthrough. How to have a breakthrough. How to have a 2020 breakthrough. You want to know how? So simple. I've taught you some profound principles. Apply them to your life. Don't be someone who just hears the word and doesn't go away changed. Profound principles. One, take time to pray and fast. I've just passed out a card to you through my anointed ushers. Take time to fill that out. Why would I do that? It helps you keep your commitment, and then it gives us information to be able to send you an email. It gives us information to be able to share with you so you can be in agreement, which is one of my next points. So take time to fast and pray. All right, fill that out. If you, and if you don't want to, don't. But by all means, fast and pray. And, and fast and pray truly. And take time to pray. That's B. Take time to pray. Every Friday, it's from 6 to 8, church is open, we'll have a prayer meeting. 6 to 8, every Friday. All right, so we're going to do that. You say, do I just come? Yeah, just come. And it'll be, it'll be worship that's taking place. Sometimes it'll be live. Sometimes it'll be a, a web stream that we have from the IHOP, International House of Prayer, or we'll have music on. Sometimes if we're moved by the Spirit, I'll have people lead. I might not be here. In fact, I won't be here for all of those Fridays. I've got to go to a conference in Maui, and then I'll soon return. By the end of the last Sunday of January, we're going to have a miracle service. So you pray for that. I remember a young man had this bondage. He couldn't break it. And he told me about it, and the fast was upon us. This is years ago. And I said, if you'll fast and pray, man, on the final day of that fast, I'm going to lay hands on you, and, and it's going to be broken. He fasted and prayed. He came that final night. I laid hands on him. Do you know he's never struggled with that bondage ever again? He was totally set free. That's, that's 20 years ago. God could set you free. Fast and pray. Make it a priority in your life. Come to morning prayer if you can Six to seven is, is more of a soaking time, if you understand that. And then seven to eight is uh, seven to 7.30 is kind of on your own. 7.30 to eight is corporate time of prayer. Maybe you've never been in the corporate prayer meeting. I'd encourage you to be a part of that. That's the reason we're here. That's the reason we're able to buy our building. It's the reason we're doing the impossible is because we pray. Because we fast and pray. And really fasting is, it should be a lifestyle. They would fast every Wednesday and Friday. Jews would fast every Wednesday and Friday. 
Maybe you want to fast during this next year, a day or a half day fast or something. Why? For seeking the Lord. Get an agreement. Everybody say, get an agreement. Get an agreement. Get an agreement with your wife, with your husband. Get an agreement with your family. What are you believing for? What are you hoping for? I've got some very real things that I'm believing God personally and corporately. Corporately, I'll send out a letter. We'll let you know what we're believing God for, and you'll be able to get that. I'll have copies in the lobby by next, uh, by next Sunday. By next Sunday, I'll have copies in the lobby, and we'll send that out for everybody that gives us an email, and we'll get that to you. Why? So you can pray for what we're agreeing for, for the building and for church growth and for leaders. Come on for the harvest. Can you say amen? amen. Get in agreement. Write things down. Get in the Word. Everybody say, get in the Word. Okay, I've, I've done this on purpose. I didn't just do this because I thought it was cute or I saw somebody else doing it. I put out this, uh, this Bible reading plan. It's from Pastor McShaney in the 1800s. A Scottish pastor put together a Bible reading plan that takes you through the Old Testament, uh, the Old Testament and the New Testament twice in a year. So you get to read the Old Testament and the New Testament twice. It's, this is for those that don't want the electronic thing. So you can open it up. It's got all the little checks and you can check it off. But what I loved about this, and I'm going to have this produced also, perhaps by tonight, is he wrote to his congregation what he felt like the Lord wanted them to do. And what they would do is they would read all of these scriptures. There's a, a private section. You would read them privately. And then an open section, a family section and a private section. And then he would have them, I think it's every night, to gather around the table and share. Everyone would share in the family. What did you get out of the scripture today? What did the Lord speak to you when you read? And so I've, on you version now, if you want, elect, for those of you that are into the electronic thing, I am. Get a version. It's an app. Download that. You can find it under whole Bible reading plans. I shared it, and I'll share it again on Facebook. In fact, Olivia, if you're on right now, and I believe you are, why don't you go find that post from the, uh, that I posted about reading the Bible through. I think it's called uh, Eat the Scroll, I called it. And that comes from Ezekiel 3, verse 3. And I ate the scroll, and it was honey, like taste in my mouth. It was sweet to the taste. Eat the scroll. Eat the word. We have a culture that's, like, scripturally ignorant. Illiterate is the word I'm looking for. I think back on my family. Both of my kids are serving the Lord. Amen. And then I look back, and I go, oh, God, I could have done that better. I could have done that better. And I'm, I'm not under condemnation, but I'm telling you how to do it better. I'm telling you, you with the little ones, I'm telling you. Get, who cares if they want to play the blasted video game? You tell them to take a break and lead your kids. Don't be under some... I mean, who's the parent, for God's sake? Parent them, lead them. No, I want them to just choose. They're not going to choose. The devil will get in there. You teach them. You teach them the word. Raise a child up in the way he should go. When he's old, he won't depart from it. So around your bike, I'm not saying you have to do it every night, but I mean, it tells us how far we've come in our culture. Every night you meet around the table and talk about the scripture. It's a miracle if families have one meal a week. I won't ask you to raise your hand, but I would encourage you. Listen, there's statistics that the family that sits together at a table and eats dinner with the electronics up and just talks about the day and prays around the dinner table. The family that does that at least once a week sticks together and has less problems than the family that doesn't. Those are stat, those are real statistics. Get in the Word. Everybody say, get in the Word. Just come on, eat the scroll. Say that. Eat the scroll. And renew your mind. It's The scriptures are for life and for, for godliness and how to live all the wisdom, all the answers to everything that you have is right in the Word. If you'll just read it and obey it and learn it. Can you say amen? 
And uh, lastly, give. Give of your time. Give of your talent. Give of your treasure. Be a person that's a giver. Can you say hallelujah? Father, we come before you today. A people who've been purchased by your blood. And we're mindful that we have some responsibility in this day and hour, especially in regards to Israel and in regards to the situation with Iran. And we face this next week mindful that our prayers and our fasting can make a difference to bind in heaven and to loose and to see your plan. Jesus said, I give you the keys of the kingdom. Whatsoever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatsoever be loosed on earth will be loosed in heaven. So, Father, may we take our rightful place as the blood-washed hosts standing on your word. Not move to the right or the left, but we would hear your voice and say, this is the way ye walk in it. And we would give ourselves to prayer and fasting now over these next 21 days. And to release a breakthrough in the heavenlies, God, not only over Iran and over the United States, but over our personal Jerusalem, over this place here in Alaska. I'm sick and tired. God, I've seen people addicted, people so stoned out of their minds they can't even drive their vehicles. I'm tired of seeing an opioid crisis. I pray that the end of that would come. I pray a closing down and exposing of evil and a pouring out of your spirit and it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. God, that we would see an incredible outpouring, the Alaska outpouring, and then you bring all the fullness of the Gentiles in. And then we go home to meet you. God, do it. We thank you. We don't know the timing of it all. But as far as it depends on us, and as for me and my house, we will serve you. Come on, if that rings true, make that declaration on this first Sunday. As for me and my house, we will serve you. Anoint us to fast and to pray. And release breakthroughs in the heavenlies, breakthroughs corporately for our building. Thank you. It's already done. December 2020, finished. It is finished. Move in. Revival. Thousands of people. Fresh espresso. Looking out the window. 77,000 cars drive me by. A prayer room with my hands extended. People looking up and the power of God coming down. The glory of God. Oh, the glory of God shining like stars in the firmament. That we would be a people that know you and do great exploits. Yokes would be broken. People would be free from poverty. People would be loosed from sickness and infirmity. On that miracle service and even before, we give ourselves to prayer and fasting. Starting at 12.01 a.m. For the glory of God. Can you say amen? I hope you got something from the Lord. Stand up all this all across this place. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're not right with God, don't leave this place in that condition. I know we took communion already, but maybe your heart's been softened through the preaching of God's word. And I just want to take a quick moment. If you've never given your heart to Jesus, you're online. Do it now, won't you? Won't you pray this prayer? If that's you, you give your heart to Jesus for the first time or make a recommitment to him or you just want to be sure of your salvation, pray this. We'll pray together, reaffirming our faith, but perhaps it's the first time or recommitment for you. Pray right out loud and say, Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending your son Jesus to die in our place and to rise again from the grave for me. Forgive me of all of my sin. 
and come into my heart. Come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Wash me and cleanse me and make me new. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Let me pray for you. I ask, Holy Spirit, that you touch and fill and bless each and every one. Break every chain. Pour out your spirit. And Lord, we ask for supernatural grace to fast corporately now, starting tomorrow, 21 days, as Daniel did, to effect change in the heavenlies over Alaska, over the United States, even over the earth. That demon power would be bound, that yokes would be broken, and that your kingdom would be released in a way that we've never seen before. And that we, God, would be mindful of our shortcomings, living a lifestyle of repentance and empowerment. That we would give, that we would serve, we would see your kingdom come, we'd get in the word, take time of prayer. Lord, thank you for placing at this time in history. We love you. We give you praise. Put your hands together for God all across this place. May the Lord bless you. May he keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you. Lift up his countenance towards you. Be gracious to you and give you peace. Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.